Hello, welcome adventurers to The Travelogue, a podcast in which I, Stephen Hoffert, my pronouns are he, him, and Lily Lavin, she, her, dive into the world of Faerun from the Dungeons & Dragons tabletop role-playing game. We'll go area by area, town by town, to provide a background of canonical lore, as well as suggestions on what type of encounters you can run in an area, what type of character you create whose background is based in an area. This week, we're covering Darkhold. Lily, you like the Zentarum. Oh, who doesn't like the Zentarum? The Harpers. Uh, oh, Minister. Crimi- criminal, si- criminal syndicate <laughs> spies. What's not to love? They're great. They're like, do you like the old, the OG, like evil wizards trying to gather power, or do you like the kind of newer, pretending to be a legit organization while poisoning people in the background? I mean, I think they're both good. Mm-hmm. I think they're both cool. Also, it's I don't know. I feel like the Zentarum is very pick and choose what you want because we're going to get into it here but like you just said if you play water deep dragon heist they're based around an evil wizard right but then if, if you go and run into the zentarum in a different campaign book then they're more the latter mm-hmm. actually in dragon heist they're kind of both at the same time but i like the whole no we are a legitimate organization what do you mean criminal syndicate i don't know what you're talking about the sounds of someone being tortured in the back room no, you are, your ears have gone wrong. That is nothing. <laughs> Hire us to protect your caravan. What do you mean we rob from kid? No, no. I love that. Right. I, lo- I just love how it's like, how does it even work? It's so <laughs> funny to me. Like, I always imagine them as like saying, yeah, we're a legitimate organization while literally like sweeping a dead body <laughs> under the rug. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I mean, it's it's almost like how you have mega corpse now that you know do like things that should be illegal in the countries that they operate in but then they do some stuff in the background that's like we all kind of know but plausible deniability yeah i just like how it's like they're such a well-known organization at this point in time they've been around for so long the manchun wars were so famous that it's just like nobody what are they, yeah. who are they fooling legitimate organization <laughs> everyone knows what they're actually doing but i think that that is part of the fun of the zentarum i also like that like they're kind of able to do it because if you read a bunch of this stuff like the numbers of soldiers and everything like in Afkatla, right? I forget what it is, but each noble house is only allowed to have a standing guard of like 200 soldiers. Right. So like if this noble house needed to go to war, well, they need, they, they have to hire mercenaries. Mm-hmm. And so Zentarum have the most amount of mercenaries. They've got the largest reach in the world, so they can probably charge the least. So it's just like, even though everyone's sitting here being like, well, they're criminals, it's just like, yeah, but <laughs> I have to go fight Lord Sven tomorrow. So like, they're really the best option. It's exactly like you were saying with corporations. It's like, we all know Amazon sucks, but like, if you're in an emergency and you need something tomorrow and all the stores are closed, the only place you can get it from is Amazon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's totally like that. I don't know. I like it. I think it's cool. The driving force behind the founding of the Zentarum was the wizard Manchun, whose thirst for power, domination, and rulership almost matched the hunger of the beholders for the same. Manchun began his quest for power by backing up his older, louder, far less subtle older brother, the warrior Asmuth, Foreseeing a long, bloody, and possibly losing battle, Asmuth tried to violently forge the strongest faction among many in Zentil Keep. Manchun decided on another road. While he and his brother allied with Lord Chess, and through uh, that individual sought the loyalties of many lords and wealthy rising merchants of Zentil Keep, Manchun privately met and made common cause with beholders who come to dominate the local church of Bane. 
Secretly, Manchun didn't want the cares and pressures of ruling an expanding empire. Ambitious rivals such as Fazal or the Beholders could take over, and Manchun could skillfully manipulate them into believing they had duped and best him to do so. He would even serve someone who rose past him, so long as he got ample opportunity to pursue his most cherished dream. More than aught else, Manchun desired to increase his personal magical might, so that he could dominate wizards and sorcerers. He considered mighty wielders of the art as superior beings to the common cattle of humanity. To rule them is to rule the best, and thus be the best. He led the Zemtarim into allyship with Pharim, wars against the wizard Alminister, and on many grand schemes until he found his end in many different swords or spells. One clone is said to survive in Waterdeep, hoping to regain control of the Zentarum from Paragost. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Manchun, he's like, yeah, he is like the Moriarty to Elo Ministers, uh, Sherlock. Yeah, I uh, I like Manchun. He's cool. Do the clones come up again in this episode? No. This is the, 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 this is more about uh, Darkhold than the Zentarum in general, but I thought we should talk a little bit about Manchun. Yeah, because there wouldn't really be a... Zintarum without Manchun, you gotta talk about him a bit. He, uh, the Manchun Wars are so interesting. Mm. He, uh, made a bunch of clones with the clone spells so that he would never die, but then they all woke up at the same time and were like, we're gonna kill each other. Uh, there was like 12 or 13 of them. It's so, I just love that so much. <laughs> yeah. That they just like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just too like, no, I need a rule. Like, I, I know there's another one of me and I can't let that happen. Yeah, and they just, uh, <laughs> oh man. And apparently they call it the Manchun Wars because if you read about it, like, oh, so many people died in the crossfire and stuff it's so cool they're all missing a hand because i think it was it's either his brother or fazul that cut off his hand and for some reason the clones kept the cut off hand so in uh <laughs> in uh, all the artwork of him he's got like this wicked gold jagged gauntlet arm yeah 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 and fazul killed the original manchun who and Fazul's like an exart of bane now like is very up high up in the Bane Church, yeah. and then one of his clones went to the Undermountain. I think another one, and like did a lot of stuff in the Undermountain. Another one started to rule Westgate, and that one was the one that almost killed Elminster. And then the third one ruled Zental Keep and the Zentarum. Yeah, he's got a cool. If we ever do episodes on important figures of the realms, which would be an interesting little series that we could do. Yeah. I think Manchun would be a really cool one to talk about. He's, I think we could do that, yeah. The Manchun Wars and everything, his whole story is really interesting. I really love his weird, I don't know, magic racist vibe. Like, he's such a classic villain. By magic racist, I mean, like, you know, wizards are peak people. Yeah. He's interesting. All non-wizards are shit. <laughs> also, he's got a bunch of spells like Manchun's clone and Manchun's mage hand, where it's just uh, his own versions of spells, which are pretty cool in that book. Minsk and Boo. Is it in Minsk and Boo? I think it's mm. in Minsk and Boo. There is the spell Manchun's Mage Hand, oh, cool. which is the Darth Vader chokeout. Oh, very So cool. a magic hand shoots from your hand onto someone's neck and starts choking them to death. That's great. He's um like, yeah, it's I think we'll also talk about him a lot when we do Zental Keep because that's his whole kind of, he was leading the Zentarum usually from Zental Keep yeah. with Darkhold being the kind of backup or like the, no, not the backup, but being the Southern quarters of the Zendal keeps more northern reach. Yeah. Darkhold sits in a cleft in the side of the Grey Watcher, the highest point of permanent occupation in a relatively 
flat and defensible valley called Darkhold Vale. Darkhold Vale contains a small sediment of the same name, consisting mostly of shepherds who tend their flocks in the high meadows of the Sunset Mountains and a few farmers who coax fine crops from the soil that clings to the Vale's fields. The settlement's main source of prosperity is the black stone quarry at the southern eastern edge of the Vale. The heavy carts groaning with slabs of stone for sale and the large muscled workhorses that pull them are common sights here. The common folk of Darkhold Vale tend to be surly and suspicious of outsiders, though they are careful to avoid offense. The settlement of about a hundred or so is utterly under the domination of Darkhold and has seen some benefits from the situation. The Vale folk see a great deal more traffic and trade than the little hamlet would ever expect otherwise. Until recently, all caravans bound for Darkhold could seek sanctuary only in the shadows of the keep itself. Now, people of the Vale have recently built both an inn called Wyvern's Rest and a separate tavern called the Rookery. Some of the locals send to market bales of thick, rich wool they shear from their sheep, others making a living hawking the dandelion wine that Darkhold Vale has always produced, but only recently begun to sell abroad. The Vale has a small militia, technically under the command of the Paragost, which answers to local Captain Falvarn. I love if you look at the kind of like... I don't know, map of Darkhold or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find it here. I don't know. It's in that Zentarum book. I love the image of like, because it's on, it's kind of on a little mountain in the water, right? Yeah. And then there's a little bridge that goes over to a little village. And it's just so funny to me that it's just like, I don't know. It's like this huge keep that like they've hollowed out into the mountain and stuff too that it lives on. It's kind of like a, I don't know, like the river splits into two around it, right? Yeah. And then there's just this freaking village in the shadow of this. Tiny village. It's so funny looking at it there. It's just like, what? Do these people know what they're living next to? Like, what is this? I mean, I guess it... Little sheep herder that's like <laughs> next to the Zentarum. I mean, I guess it makes sense also because like, I don't know, these people got to have like families and stuff. What are they going to do live in dark hold you know yeah zentarum general has a wife and kids what's he gonna do <laughs> he wants him close but he doesn't want him in dark holds <laughs> they just build a little it's like um you know like a florida housing complex but for zentarum uh family members <laughs> right yeah it's so funny yeah having like i just love the idea though of like having a character that's like oh yeah i was a shepherd next to next to dark hold yeah. <laughs> like my best just... friends growing up were like insane mercenaries you're like this little kid you're like sitting there next to your sheep you know a piece of straw in your mouth chewing on it uh you're sitting under a tree the sun's shining down you know the shadow of a bird flies over your head you're just relaxing you hear some noise you look up and there's like a procession of people on horses and you look up and they're like coming from dark hold and they're just in like the most terrifying jagged armor ever uh they just you know the most ridiculous overwrought uh imagery all over their body of these terrible knights leaving dark hold and you look up and you're just like oi hey jeff and they look down and they're like oh hey sil <laughs> how's the sheep like, all good <laughs> yeah exactly they just like wave it's like <laughs> it's like when the uh it's like when the ring wraith stopped in uh, the shire the shire to ask yeah, for directions exactly. <laughs> it's like that but it's like every day you know it's like every day something like that is just going past your little shire yeah exactly nearly two centuries ago the zentarum conquered darkhold a giant-sized fortress in the sunset mountains 
quite literally sides for giants. It was a summer castle for an ancient giant king. The keep became known as Zirkhold when occupied by a woman lich, Varela, who was a survivor of the Battle of Bones and raised an undead army that held the keep. The Zentarum laid siege and took the castle after securing the Moon Sea area and needing a base in the west. Following the destruction of Zental Keep and the Citadel Ravens, Darkhold was the sole remaining Zentarum stronghold and served as a network's headquarters. Varala. Varala. That's pretty cool. She's uh, she's still there, isn't she? Yeah, I think she's like still hiding in the basement. <laughs> Just like keep <laughs> push her down. Yeah, from what I read, she's like. From what I read, she's like still down there. Either she's hiding from them or they trapped her. I am unclear about that. But like, she's, I, yeah, it's so funny. She's, I'm like 80% sure she's just still there. Maybe she had like a phylactery and was just like, ah, they're still up there. Also, I guess her being immortal, she can plan her retakeover of Darkhold, right. you know, for centuries. That could be a pretty cool little quest line for a Zentarum campaign. She finally, the stars have perfectly aligned after, you know, 200 years and finally. Varala enacts her plan from within, attacking from the basement. Yeah, yeah. Throws the Zentarum on its head into chaos. If you had a really cutthroaty, like, there's an, you have a player who's Zentarum because they're kind of cutthroaty, or like, no loyalty, have her, like, try to give them to change sides and have that whole temptation aspect. Or if you were in a campaign where your players weren't Zentarum, but mm. you had an undead warlock from Van Richten's Guide to Everything, which is quickly becoming one of my favorite warlock subclasses. Very, very cool. Mm. Varala could be your warlock patron. Ooh. Came to you in a dream. Yeah. They can cast dream. Why not? Came to you in a dream. And you're building up enough power to go and free her from the basement of uh, Darkhold. They don't even know she's there. She's trapped. Yeah. Maybe they do know that she's there. Maybe the Paragost has trapped her there, and that's why she's just been there. And your quest culminates in you going and freeing Varala from Darkhold. That could be cool. That'd be very cool, yeah. While some things on the giant scales have been modified to suit humans, such as stairs and most doors, other things remain titanic. For instance, the giant-sized gates and hallways. Yeah, I was going to mention this. <laughs> yeah. The fact that, like, super cool living in a giant place. You got these, what, like, 200-foot-tall ceilings. <laughs> yeah. Epic is all hell. But, what, it takes you, like, an hour just to go up four steps. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, here's my 15-foot-tall stairs. Yeah. Also, I, I love the image of, like, you know, the Paragost, this, like, unholy paladin with his skull helmet and his grand cape and massive sword and he's like you know looks like a tiny little kitten trying to get off the couch every time he goes down the yeah. stairs <laughs> like shimmying, shimmying down this step hanging from it with his fingers and letting go he's like hmm come come up we will discuss this in the dark chamber of doom someone give someone someone give me a boost give me a boost so, someone give me come give on, me a boost up the stairs <laughs> don't look at me don't don't look at me having a fucking giant size <laughs> hallway would be insane it's like that's so much wasted space like yeah. you're not why yeah, didn't you make new walls <laughs> yeah build more rooms like we're running out of room it's like uh we have a hallway that's like 40 foot wide it's like no 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 that's the hallway we can't <laughs> yeah well they gotta be able to ride their horses yeah. in uh formation through the hallways right <laughs> The Versantarum ruler of Darkhold was Semenom, a student of Manchun and a formidable mage in his own right. Semenon found himself in repeated conflict with Zul Shembril when the latter established himself as the sole ruler of the Eastern Zens after some six decades. Semenon elected to flee Darkhold. A period of instability followed where the Paragost, the mysterious leader of Darkhold's army, 
took control of the great castle. Within a score of years, Sentinel Keep and Citadel Ravens were destroyed. Zul Chamblay was killed, and Darkhold was left as the Zentarum headquarters, with the Paragos now the ranking member of the organization. Zentarum refugees flocked to him, consolidating his power and greatly enhancing the reputation and the powers of Darkhold. And so it has remained for more than a century down to the present day. I like that the Zentarum are kind of on the back foot. Like, they're still very established and strong, but, like, yeah. they had heavy losses during the Spell Plague and the kind of upheaval of 4E and the return of the Threes. Yeah, and they lost, I mean, they lost Zental Keep, right, and stuff? Yeah. It was, like, their, their huge compound and headquarters. So, like, of course, they, uh... I love that. Look, what's he doing now? Seminon? You never, you never hear about this guy, Seminon. I'm gonna look up real quick. What, what's Seminon doing? <laughs> like, what's, 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 what's he up to? Is he just sitting in shame somewhere? <laughs> He's like, ah. like the, uh, I mean, like all the lich lords of Netheril are kind of just like, I don't know. They once were these kings of this great empire, and now they're all just like kind of underground in their own little places, being like. Nah. He's very. <laughs> I wonder if Semim Semimon is doing the same, just kind of like hanging out in some chamber being like Meh. yeah he's very um he's very rasputin looking he the last n- recorded thing i could find is in 1374 so this is before the spell plague oh look at this guy he assisted Keldon blackstaff to defeat a sharn at the sleeping dragon inn that's the last thing he did hmm. he's yeah very for people listening just imagine a evil wizard with the goatee and the black hair and everything yeah classic yeah it's it's uh, there's a there was a whole storyline i found about this recently of like Calden blackstaff and like he made that cr- weird city in the high moor that we didn't talk about but like he used a whole bunch of spellcaster just think of every famous spellcaster in all of faerun and got them together in a big kumbaya and they made like a secret city in uh the high moor yeah and it's like, and he made that thing in the High Moor. And then we just never wrote a storyline about him ever again. So I don't really know what happened. And it feels like Seminon kind of fell in that same zone of like, Seminon joined up with Kelvin Blackstaff. And then oh, never was written about ever again. No, Kelvin died right after that. Oh, okay. That's why. Okay. That, that might have actually killed him. I don't think it was that that killed him, but he died immediately after that, which is why... Oh, making the, the save hope? Okay. Like, I don't, I, I'm unsure if doing that magic is what killed him or not, but he died very shortly after that. Right. And then that's why in Waterdeep currently... Oh, I can't I remember her name. Flara is the new Blackstaff, and Silverhand doesn't like her because she gets to sit around and talk to Kelvin through the Blackstaff all day, and Silverhand doesn't get to talk to her husband anymore and stuff. Oh. I don't know about Semimon. I guess they were just like, whatever, he's gone. Right. Okay, interesting. Huh. Yeah, so, so he died while defending his lover and then was brought back to life as a clone, as you do. So, yeah. Now, he's walking... Semimon? Yeah, Semimon. Yeah. So he's a, there's a clone of him walking around right now, just not really doing much. The way clone works, if you're not Manchun is it it is semimon mm-hmm. like uh you you make a clone of yourself and then when you die your soul goes into the clone and the clone wakes up ah uh, okay that makes sense it's just uh manchun's clone fucked up it messed up right and made it work differently and made all the clones like he was supposed to when he died he was supposed to inhabit them one by one but they all woke up at the same time mm-hmm. and all thought they all thought they were the original Manchu right. soul. So they... <laughs> um, which is why they started warming. Yeah, it's actually really gross because you need like a giant terracotta pot and then you need one pound of your flesh. Yeah. 
that you need to drop into the terracotta pot and then that grows into your body over a week oh wow <laughs> it's disgu- it's disgusting <laughs> so yeah semnon's still around or at least clone of semnon the paragost the paragost we say paragost or paragost i mean i always said paragost but now you've started saying paragost so i don't know paragost i kind of like it it flows better but if you think whatever you think paragost or paragost let us know the Paragos had long led the armed forces of the Zentarum at Darkhold, and his vision for the revival of the organization was along military lines. After a time of recruitment and training, Zentarum emerged from Darkhold not as conquerors or as bullying capitalists, but as mercenaries willing to serve others instead of forcing them to serve. In the years that followed, the transformation served the Zentarum well. They earned a reputation of sterling service, and their ranks swelled. Those who knew of Darkhold thought of it as the headquarters of this new version of the Zentarum. Membership in the Zentarum is difficult to assess, but they might have greater numbers now than before their organizations fall. New leadership from this larger group has led to a shift of focus. While still a source of capable mercenaries, the Zentarum have diversified into mercantile pursuits. Zentarum guards now ride alongside caravans of their own, and whereas a military organization served it well in the chaotic period after its fall, merchants described the Zentarum as a family and their leaders as my good friends. They also spoke in odd tones of the Paragost, as though that figure were still alive and a leader of Darkhold. The Paragost is never seen with, without his full armor and face-covering helm. If it isn't an elf behind the mask, then a series of humans might have masqueraded as Paragos during the past century. I always interpreted this as the Zentarum, and this is how they're always run in my game, is this is a manipulation tactic by the Zentarum, referring to the Zentarum as a family. Mm. So that wayward rogues and wizards and right. fighters and stuff who need a found family find that in the Zentarum. They don't actually care. Your boot, Your boot's on the ground. Your boot's on the ground making... Right. Right, that makes them. sense. They don't, they don't care if you live or die, uh, but they, they, they refer to them all as a family, and your family is here for you, and we're a family, and they get merchants and other people to describe the Zentarum as a family and good friends, so that, kind of like the current state of world military, right. you know? Uh, do you need stability in your life? Do you need a family? Are you a wayward youth looking for college? You know, why don't you join yeah. up and kill people for four years? yeah <laughs> i've always seen it kind of like that yeah and i like that because on the one hand you could you know in your little cell of the zentarum become a family and they could be a good found family but at the same time it's all under this pretense of kind of manipulation right and also like yeah when things get maybe messy when they when they ask you instead of defend this caravan to go assassinate this other merchant you're like you know come on we're in this together you know Exactly. They can leverage yeah. that in the future when you're questioning deeds they're getting you to do. You, you're full swing. This is my family. You know, we got to keep each other's back. You don't. Yeah. You don't question when the jobs start to get more insidious. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the Paragos is full. My favorite trope in fantasy, where there is someone in the most evil as shit armor, like evil, dark skull mask armor, and you're like, oh yeah, he's great. Yeah. Love yeah, that yeah. dude. Chill, chill guy. <laughs> like yeah. you're like, he looks like a crazy like skeleton knight. Yeah, no, I love him. Great. <laughs> I, yeah, I love that. He's like really polite and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing today? 
charmed, I'm sure, says the giant (laughs) undead regalia-filled evil knight. (laughs) Personally, I would definitely make it so that it has been a succession of not necessarily humans, Mm. but different people under the mask, because that's a trope I really like. That's very cool. Kind of like the dread pirate Roberts in um, The Princess Bride, where, you know, the Paragost isn't one man the paragost might not even be a man the paragost is just a succession of people who take up the mantle and pretend to be that same last person this isn't yeah i think that's really cool and this is never confirmed nor denied yeah but i really like i I like that trope and i think you could even expand on it and say they always wear the armor because the armor gives the current wearer all the knowledge of the last paragost Mm, yeah that's cool so that once once you don the armor you can accurately be the last guy yeah and the guy the person before that and the person before that you gain all the memories and the knowledge yeah yeah i like that a lot like and that's why like you kind of always have to keep the mask on is not only will people see discrepancies but also like if you want to keep on top of having the 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 knowledge you have to have that yeah exactly that's cool i like that yeah like i'm sure you could play it up as like they're undead and i think somewhere i think in the not official book it plays up that they're undead um but um i yeah i like the kind of succession idea the thing is is that like everything is an undead immortal ruler yeah. and while that is cool i i you know i mess with liches i like liches you know beholders are cool dragons are cool these undead immortal rulers they're they're cool and i you know i i like it but we don't need another one no no i like the idea of you know, the Paragost is a symbol more than a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Is an, is, is, an, is an ideal, is a linchpin that keeps it in place. And it's one person's job to keep hammering the linchpin in every, mm-hmm. you know, generation. The entrance to Darkfold Vale is completely blocked by an imposing perimeter wall. It is made of solid black granite standing 20 feet high with a battlement along the top. An immense dismal gatehouse protects the entrance tunnel which is pierced by murder holes and has a heavy iron portcullis at either end. Colossal double doors, nearly 90 feet high and made of solid basalt, give entrance to the keep. The walls are festooned with banners bearing the symbol of the Zentarum, Bane, and the Paragost's personal sigil, a silver scald shaped helmet. The light is supplied by giant-sized candelabras burning four-foot-high candles. Tall corridors head off in all directions, Uh, to various domestic facilities while imposing staircase leads up to the higher levels where most important chambers are the oldest part of the castle including the keep and the inner walls were made from black basalt magically fused together to be completely without seams additionally additional construction has been undertaken since then including the outer wall and the barracks using black granite from the quarry and conventional building techniques i love Whenever fantasy architecture and construction is spoken about, it's, I don't know why I love it so much, but like, I love magically making the walls have no seams as if it's carved completely out of one piece of stone. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. It's like one of my favorite bits of lore is that beholders use their disintegration ray to carve their, um, layers. Like, they just go into a mountain and disintegrate tunnels with their disintegration ray until they've made a little house they like. And I just love that kind of... I don't know why I like that so much, but it's just... uh, I love it. 
giant smooth blackened corridors and entrance halls is yeah. like yeah no it's you're imposing enough the Zentarum. We understand. <laughs> like, we get it. <laughs> yeah, but the best part is that they didn't even do I that. Know. Giants did that. What kind of giant was doing this? <laughs> yeah, very evil giant. Or very Some dark, goth, yeah, goth giant. giant. I want my black I'd love house. it if he wasn't even... Yeah, if they weren't even evil, do you know how funny yeah. that would be? Just be like, oh, yeah, that's Rothgum. Just going through a phase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, think of it. Like, the... It's central entrance hall is probably like the size of most markets or like districts in towns. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I love that. The main tower is the oldest part of Darkhold and officially called Goldum, although it is simply known as the Keep by its current residents. This astonishing structure is nearly 800 feet tall and made from fused basalt. It's originally 16 stories high, but many of the stories have been divided into two or three floors. Which within its thick walls are such important chambers, such as the Grand Hall, the Chantry of Black Hand, the Chamber of Secrets, and Paragos Tower. The cavernous Chamber of Secrets lies immediately above the Grand Hall. It is a hundred feet high and has six mezzanine levels made from black granite and supported by fluted columns. Light comes in from a pair of vast crystal windows on the western side of the chamber. Each level is crammed with rows of bookshelves and pigeonholes, all made from dark timber. Thousands of books line the shelves, while the pigeonholes are stuffed with tens of thousands of scrolls and loose sheets of paper. The Chantry of the Black Hand is a hundred feet tall and has a peaked ceiling. The dark walls are made from six-sided slabs of polished granite, and a larger block of basalt serves as an altar in the center of the room. There are no windows here, and the shrine is dimly lit by magic lanterns. At any given time, there are a pair of acolytes in this place chanting stern hymns to Bane in two-hour shifts while burning incense. Every evening, the entire class of acolytes gather here and chant for two hours. The music is unsettling but has its own beauty. The full choir can be heard throughout much of the stronghold. The upper portion of the keep is referred to as Paragost's Tower. The first three floors comprise a barracks of the Stormwatch. Each soldier has a private room. The R Dragons have large apartments, and the Riviars have an entire floor to herself. The Stormwatch ha- also has their own kitchen, dining room, and other domestic facilities. Top floors are dedicated to the Paragost. They house a generous apartment suite with pirate dining and bathing rooms, personal library, a wardrobe, gymnasium, and an armory. One floor is a huge planning room plastered with maps depicting every corner of Faerun and holding a great sand table that can magically shape itself to depict any train desired. What is Riviar? Who is that? It's a person. Riviar is a... That's a proper name. Yeah, that's a proper name. Googling Riviar. it, I get nothing. Oh. Uh, nothing. Yeah, Riviar is the new leader of the Stormwatch, I'm pretty sure. Hmm, that's cool. Yeah. So my one of my favorite things about the Zentarum, like I was saying before, is... Oh, no, we are legitimate organization. That's fine. And it's like, well, what's that over there? Oh, that giant, it's just regular, regular cathedral. It's nothing. Well, it kind of looks like the Cathedral to Bane. Yeah, that's what's wrong with the Cathedral of Bane. That's a legitimate god that we would worship as a legitimate business. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, Bane is the god of tyrannical oppression, terror, and hate. Yeah, well, you know... That's fine. There's nothing to do with us and our legitimate organization or our goals. We just happen to like the imagery. We like, we like the we like the black hand symbol. 
That's it. We don't. We're we're not trying to tyrannically oppress people. No, we're a legitimate organization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they openly worship Bane. Come on. And it's not like it's not like the other ones where like I don't know like Cyric has a really weird place in the world where it's like Cyric's evil, but a lot of people worship Cyric and it's fine. Bane. Is we're praying. We're praying against tyrannical. So oppression. evil. He's not even. He's not even a greater deity yeah, no. either. He's like a lesser deity. So it's just like. <laughs> it says here known across Farron as the face of pure evil through malevolent despotism. Bane is, yeah, Bane is pretty evil. Bane's pretty evil. He lives on a dread plane. <laughs> I would love a little quest to try to get a book that only the library at Darkhold has. Like you need to somehow like well not somehow, you can come in as a guest to Zentarum, but like get in good enough for them to let you to the library, the Chamber of Secrets. The slender midnight tower on the eastern edge of Darkhold is 300 feet high, is occupied by the Sable Accord, the Society of Zentish Spellcasters, led by Ashhimi, who permanently resides here. Ashhimi's suite of apartments and laboratories are at the top, and other mages dwelling on the floors above. One floor contains the teleportation circle guarded by around the clock by eight helmed horrors. Well, uh, the apprentice occupy a large dormitory near the tower base. The entrance to each floor is magically hidden and can only be opened by uttering a password. This is also true of the door that leads into the tower at its base. The tower has a unique arcane defense, the endless stair. The circular staircase has a permanent magical gate that is seamlessly linked to the top of the staircase to the bottom. To anyone climbing or descending the stairs without knowledge to the door passwords, it appears as if the stairway winds on forever, with no windows in the tower and no way to escape. I love the idea of just like infinitely walking up enchanted stairs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's great. It's, it's a very fun magical um, trick or defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. To mess with your players. So I was just say Ash Hemi is, by the Blackstaff novels, is actually not part of the Zentarum anymore. Uh, she was always a Harper spy sent to send the Zentarum to kind of keep tabs on them. And then Seminon fell in love with her and found out she was a Harper and they both ran away uh, so that she wouldn't be killed by the like Inquisition against her. So this, she might not actually be there anymore. Um, it's up to you. But yeah, she's, she's by, by the Calvin Blackstaff novels and stuff. She's not part of the Zentarum anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. That's kind of cool. Little, little spy. Yeah, I like Zentish sorcerers though. Yeah, the uh, Sable Accord is a cool name for them. It's very cool. Yeah, it'd be fun playing a Sable Accord, like because you think Zentarum, you think Rogue, you think uh, Underling, but like to have like a wizard or something, yeah, part of the Sable Accord. Like you're still Zent and you still have that kind of connection. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. We've got a Druid Zentarum right now. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's yeah, it's a very cool aspect to it. There's a full guest tower and suites for the honored guests or clients of the Zentarum visiting the castle. There's also a gallery of trophies showing the power and great deeds of the Zentarum that even includes a terrasque horn. There's also an aviary containing many flying mounts the Zentarum can use to aid defending the castle in times that it comes under attack. Pretty cool. Flying mounts. Pretty cool. Yeah, flying mounts. Yeah, there's that old there's that old class um, in that book that you talked about that's not canon but is out there on DM's Guild. Kind of a dark hold. Has rain by Ed Greenwood, so like... You know, kind of a dark old drink. setting guide. Yeah, it's a nice read. It mentions it in the form of a feat or a spell, but there used to be a subclass 
maybe it was um what did they used to be called there used to be the classes that you could only take after getting a certain amount of levels in other classes prestige classes there used to be either a prestige class or a subclass or maybe even a full class i think it was a subclass or a prestige class called um zentarum sky mage sky mage <laughs> i've seen people try and uh, remake it for 5e and it's just i that's so funny to me that you could be playing and you're like what class are you taking i'm taking zentarum sky mage um, good old but, sky mage <laughs> but i love that they just have this aviary it's just like you know, a guy comes back and he's covered in giant bird poops. And it's like, oh, you just come back from the aviary? Yeah, I'm on feeding duty today. Right sucks. <laughs> Actually, you're right. I you, you saw Star Wars, right? Like the, the original ones, the OG ones? Oh, of course. I always loved the guy who was like the Rancor keeper who like cries when the Rancor dies. You could be that person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you love all the terrible flying monsters, the like drakes and the like whatever you have as Zentarum. <laughs> Play yeah. a ranger really, who's like that. I really like the idea of the mundane people that have to exist in the periphery of the Zentarum just for them to exist. Yeah. Like Darkhold has to have cooks and maids right. and and yeah, this this aviar bird keeper for giant flying mounts. They have to have all these people. They have to have a librarian, they have to have chambermaids, they have to have floor sweeps, they have to have someone that brings in their food every week. Um and I, I love the idea of playing one of those. Yeah. Where it's just like I don't know, you were forced to be something more and that's why you're adventuring or something and all you want to do is go back to your aviary and tend to your giant birds but now you're stuck adventuring around <laughs> yeah that's actually great i love that also um yeah terrascorn that's pretty cool i wonder where they got that i know in canon Carsis killed a terrasque oh yeah we might get into that in the episode where we talk about Carsis's folly but to cast that spell he needed a terrasque heart I think it was. Maybe a Tarasque liver. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, pretty epic. Pretty epic, yeah. The Paragost is the current leader of the Zentarum. He's both a brutal fighter in one-on-one -on -one combat and the most competent strategic commander in Zentarum history. Members of the Zentarum respect and admire the Paragost for his leadership, for he can truly care for the well-being of his subordinates. On the battlefield, he takes care to ensure his soldiers don't needlessly die, unlike other hot-headed commanders with fragile egos. He has developed extremely precise tactical maneuvers, allowing him to mask the bulk of his combat power against the weakness in his enemy's formations. In person, his demeanor is confident yet calm. It is commonly said that he is approachable yet unknowable. When greeting others, the Paragost is polite and professional, and he always gives firm handshakes as a good sign of faith and respect. However, he is also known to be also known to crush the hands of those who dare cross him or the Zentarum whilst they shake hands. Yeah, you know, this like seven foot tall mounted evil paladin with a skull for a face. <laughs> Very approachable man. Very approachable. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I really, I, I want to go ask the, the Paragos for a raise. Oh, you should do it. He's really approachable. He's really, he's really you can, he's, he is really the type of guy that you can just sit down and have a beer with. <laughs> exactly. I've always, I've always wanted a boss that's just the kind of guy you can just have a beer with chill hang <laughs> like just like creaking like rusted metal when he looks at you like <laughs> oh that's so funny i think his his at least in the artwork his mask is kind of funny to me yeah it's kind of uh, like, like it's because it is it's just it's a big very... skull it's so like like spencer's gift like what like a, a metal head thinks is like a cool mask more so than like yeah, it could definitely be on, like, one of those, uh, 
Yeah, exactly. One of those like really overwrought, like, you know, um, Metallica album covers or uh, yeah. what are the other ones? I don't know. Some, you Led know. Zepp- oh, no, Iron Maiden. Yeah, Iron Maiden. Like, like, yeah. Just the really, really over-designed graphic covers of the 80s metal albums. He could definitely be on that or in yeah. the movie Heavy Metal. <laughs> But I think it would be cool to see, like, fighting the Paragost in battle or seeing him in battle and seeing him, like, do this maneuver or, like, stop this, like, second, like, seconds to killing a little, like, nothing Zentarum with his shield. Like, showing him really kind of putting in the effort to keep everyone alive. Yeah. So, like, it shows, like, yes, this is a terrible, like, this is a leader Zentarum and they do some evil shit. But, like, if you're part of the Zentarum, like... And he is your commander, like you will be, or they are their commander, like you will be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he's cool. Yeah. The Stormwatch comprises Darkhold's most elite warriors, drilled and trained by Riviera Darkwind into a fearsome force to be reckoned with. As Banefist over Darkhold's military force and battle captain of the Stormwatch, the Riviera Darkwind's strength and vigor are second to none. The Watch's steel has cleaved against Faerun's most fortified forces, from the fortress town Ulash to the looming Dragonsphere Castle. The warriors of Stormwatch, though they act as Paragos' personal guard, are loyal first and foremost to the battle captain Darkwind. While Riviera remains steadfast in service to Paragos, she is a woman of opportunity. Should he fall, she plans to seize control of Darkhold's armed forces, have her rivals assassinated, and lead the Black Network into a formidable era of eminence. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like the Stormwatch. I think they would be like very cool to put against your players if they're fighting the Zentarum, or to just kind of have in there as like yeah. If you see them on a Zentarum detail, you know it's a very important Zentarum detail. There's uh, there's a stat block in Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. You might have to level it up a little bit for her, but it's called the Black Fist of Bane. No, the Black Gauntlet. The Black Fist of Bane. Fist of Bane mm. is a minion, which would mm. be pretty good for other um, smaller, uh, the minions of Riviar. Right. But the Black Gauntlet of Bane is pretty, pretty, you might have to level it up a bit HP-wise. It's challenge rating six, but it's pretty fitting mm. for the sound of her. I mean, she's a Bane Fist, so it's got the Bane flavor. It's got, you know, Spear Guardians, all those good spells. Right. But also uh, a feature called Aura of Terror, which just, if you're within five feet of her, you do stuff at advan- at disadvantage. And yeah, I love that so much. Also, her mace just does a oh, that's cool. crap ton of necrotic damage with each hit. That's great. Yeah, no, that's so cool. I Yeah, Stormwatch, I think, would be a really cool thing, too, to to upgrade your player to if there's Antarum. Um, yeah. And they're in the more kind of mercenary aspect of them is to make them Stormwatch after, like, leveling them up. Uh, and maybe give them like some special equipment for that or like special armor that the Stormwatch gets. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. So I know we already talked about, like, I think it'd be really cool to play a character who was, yeah, like, you know, the beekeeper for the Zentarum, <laughs> who supplied them with honey because, you know, uh, Riviar or the Paragost secretly, really, really, not even secretly, just openly loves honey. Or you're the, you know, the bird keeper for the Zentarum or the cook for the Zentarum and something happens and you get thrusted into the world of adventuring or whatever. Yeah. But I think another character that would be really fun is, um, so you are, you know, a shepherd or a farmer. I'm going to say shepherd. You're like a shepherd living outside Darkhold in a little hamlet nearby. And a procession of Zentarum come by, but they're in a rush. And they trample your favorite sheep. Oh. Maybe all yeah. your sheep. You get caught in the crossfire of a Zentarum excursion, and they kill your sheep. Yeah. And you take your shepherd 
Uh, you you clench your shepherd's crook in your hand, looking over the corpse of your favorite, your best friend, you know, Maggie the sheep. You bury her under your favorite tree, leaving, you know, hammering your family heirloom trinket into the tree and vowing revenge. And now you are adventuring around, trying to get enough power to take your revenge against the Paragost and all of the Zentarum for killing your sheep. And you get that fantastic, <laughs> if you make it to the end, Yeah, <laughs> you can have the fantastic thing of, you know, you're like, I'm here for revenge. And the Paragost is like, what did we do? Why are you doing this? And you're like, it's revenge for my beloved sheep. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depending on the class you go, like your magic missiles are all uh, lambs. Your fireball is an exploding sheep. You know, a, a goat a goat runs forward and explodes into a ball of fire. That's great. If, if you're playing a spellcaster, that is. That's so good. <laughs> I, I, this is fantastic. You vow revenge against the Zen... You, you have heraldry of a sheep on you. <laughs> yeah, maybe in the end it wasn't even the Zentarum. Like maybe someone was invading. Darkhold, something happened <laughs> right. around Darkhold that killed your flock of sheep and you want revenge. I think that that would be a fantastic character concept. Otherwise, just any Zentarum. I think it would be cool. Uh, here's my character concept is um, you yeah, grew up in Darkhold Vale. You were a shepherd or I, I know your parents ran the inn and you kind of had the Zentarum were your way out of this like podunk town, this like nothing town. Like it's it's the thing to do if you don't want to just become a shepherd or a tavern keeper. So you join up with just like, yeah, it's the thing to do. And eventually you get high up enough that they start trusting you with the more dark aspects, with the more like murder this person or like destroy this village. And you're like, nope, nope, can't do this. Kind of like Finn in uh, the new Star Wars. Like you're like, no, I don't like I can't do this. I don't want to be part of this. And you leave. But like your best friend, all your friends are Zentarum. And so like you want to get them out of the, the brainwashing, but you they won't follow you like they're they're too far in it or they they actually joined up with a bit more of a zeal or knowledge and it's like you are escaped from the cult and you like are venturing around trying to you know every so often convince your friends to come out and to like find proof like hard proof of like the horrors of the zontarum i love that yeah that's a good one too i got one more character concept before we go you're a shepherd again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotta be a shepherd. Um, okay, you don't you don't have to be a shepherd. You're anything. You're some some you some little shrimp. You could be in Darkhold. Maybe this is the backstory for the uh, cook in Darkhold. Okay, you're some little shri- you're some little shrimp living around Darkhold, living in Darkhold. Doesn't matter. You're not a Zentarum. Slowly, you start to hear these whispers that are inaudible at first, coming from over the water, or if you're in Darkhold, beneath your feet, and. Eventually, they get too much, and they're draw like mystically drawing you, and so you dive into the water one day, swimming forward. You get pulled by an underwater current that rushes you into a small cave, batters you around in this underwater sea cave, and you wake up on the ground, and you look up, and the whispers are coming from this tall, gaunt woman with leathery skin stretched over her bones, and bam, you become a undead undead warlock of valara yeah yes. that'd be really cool but uh yeah that'd be a cool one that's how you end up being she doesn't come to you in a dream you just live near Darkhold, and she's been sending out this pulse wave until uh finally someone found the you know radar message or whatever mm-hmm. nah, that's cool love that sweet uh yeah that's it for our journey today remember you never know who is a clone of manchun next episode we're starting our 
entire coverage of the Arnok Desert and the Empire of Netheril. Um, we're covering the ancient Neth- uh, empire, so from its origins until Karsis's folly. That's cool. Thank you, Lily, for joining me. Yeah. Thank you also for the amazing cover art. Yeah. Thank you, Dragon Plus, for featuring us and tweeting about us this week. Really appreciate it. And blend us for the theme music around the fire. You can find them on Bandcamp. Links in the description of the episode. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen podcasts. And have a great long rest. Bye.